So, welcome to episode 35 of Salad Cast. Myself, Ollie Warner and Glenn Price. How are you doing, Glenn? I'm okay, Ollie. How are you, mate? Yep, not too bad, not too bad. Um, obviously, the, the podcast today will be discussing um, the Bolton game. Um, which unfortunately was a 2-0 home defeat for Salop. Yep. Um, the game did start the day, or the game did start um, quite brightly in the fact that we obviously they had the fan zone. So yeah. did you make yourself there, Glenn? I did. I think we're going we're gonna to have a bit more of a short chat about the fan zone, aren't we, in the, yep. in the Salop news later on. But um, it certainly added an extra dimension to the to going to see Shrewsbury. I mean, it's been 10 years since, if you don't count the Power League, which doesn't put any money into the club as far as I'm aware. So it's the first time we've been able to go to a sort of a venue for fans. And it was I thought it was cracking. The weather really helped, didn't it, Ollie? It was... Yep. It was nice and sunny, and um, yeah, I'll give you, give you a few more details about that. But I had a couple of pints before the game, which is quite unusual for me. So, got you know, if I'm overly positive or overly negative, I'm going to blame it on the alcohol consumption this week. <laughs> cool, cool. So, yeah, should we dive dive straight into it and yeah, um, yeah go into the details of the game? But there's Shrewsbury second. They can't deal with it, and it's Cameron Gale with his first goal on loan from West Bromwich Albion. So it was back at the meadow for Shrewsbury Town, and unfortunately, it was back to losing ways again. Um, as we faced a pretty decent Bolton team, who uh, certainly knew their way around uh, getting a result out of a game like that. So yeah, the uh, obviously the score was Shrewsbury nil, Bolton two. Um, Beavers on fifty one, and Adam Lafondre on sixty six. Goals quite close together, which sort of unfortunately killed it off. But um, I suppose one of the good things, Ollie, before we get on to going into your stats, was it was nice to see a pretty full ground for once, wasn't it? Of obviously, it was about 7,500 there, I think 7,532 looking at it now, which is a, a healthy crowd, isn't it, for um, coming towards the end of the season? It's just a shame we, we threw another rubbish result in, but at least it shows that when we fill that away end out and there's a bit of a build-up to the game, that you know it does bring a few of the floaters back, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it does. Um, also, I'm looking around um, at the start of the game and, yeah, the, the family stand opposite us was, was fairly full in quite a few different blocks. Mm. Um, so, no, yeah, it was good to see. It's nice to have a, a um, obviously not full, but, um, yeah, full uh, stadium. So that yeah. was good to see. Yeah, it was good. It was a good atmosphere. However, that's not the way... The, way it, the atmosphere did not help us in any way and we obviously lost. But, um, yeah, before we get to that, um, yeah, let's just go through a few of your stats because there's some interesting ones pre-game and post-game that have come off now, isn't there, to just have a quick look at. Yeah, no, certainly. So, um, going into the game, um, Salop had won um, the last five of the last six home games. So, while we were obviously playing uh, informed Bolton side, um, we did have some reason to be confident. Yep. Um, interesting stat um, that um, the last time we played Bolton was in 1991. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, at home, yeah, at the Meadow, and we lost 3 1. Um, and then going into the game, Bolton had scored four goals in the last three. So, that was always going to be a bit of a concern yep. however um, a, a senior manager at work um, I know is a um, big Bolton fan and he says that the last game kind of the four goals did flatter to deceive them but I think from what we saw today we can see how they kind of grind out those goals Yeah. Um, so yeah we'll go on to that um, and then yeah the one you added England just before um, we started the pod that obviously looked at the form table and we're now second bottom in the form table yep. um, which obviously um when you, I looked at the form table before the games started on Saturday um, and I saw that Berry were way up there. So, yeah, we've obviously dropped down um, very quickly um, mm. and the result means now we haven't won in four games. Yep, it's not good, is Which is, of course, a concern, no. 
Yeah. No, so the, not the, good there. The form table one's interesting because I say not only are we second bottom, but it was only four, I think I was looking at it either four or four and a half weeks ago, depending on how the Tuesday night games fell, that we were second in the form table. So I think that's kind of my worry is, is how quickly, you know, a bad four weeks in this league can really plummet you right down to sort of being in trouble again. And, and we'll, we'll come to it when we sum up, you know, having lost again and what the other results were in terms of how much trouble we're in and the, the fact that we're in a lot of trouble again. But yeah, it does just show you, isn't it? You can't even you can't even have more than a couple of off weeks because otherwise you'll be sucked right back into it. So yeah, I just thought it was interesting. You know, it's always always interesting to look at the form table, isn't it, and just see how things are going for other teams and all the ones down the bottom, even Coventry. You know, they're above us in the form table now, and you know the way it's going. <laughs> My, oh God, if we finish below Coventry, we deserve to go down, don't we? But yeah, it's, let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, it just shows, doesn't it? Um, you know, we had that fantastic run, and it did get us out of the out of the relegation zone. Um, and we thought we were going to start pulling away, but um, yeah, it's um, we haven't done that, and um, nope. performances recently haven't haven't warranted that kind of results. No. So we're in the thick of it. So um, yeah, before we go into this, get into the detail. Um, what what was the team um, for this game, Greg? Yeah, it was quite interesting, wasn't it? When we, when we got in there this week, Ollie, obviously everyone sort of gets the news on Twitter and sort of a bit of time before you get into the game, don't you? Um, or the fan zone as it is now. But um, yeah, obviously we've only got a go-go injured at the moment. We? Everyone else has pretty much got over their injuries and was, was available to be selected apparently. So it was quite interesting, you know, in, in first looking at the team that we'd, we'd changed the tactics around and we'd tried to, obviously in my view, combat Bolton and gone and put five at the back because we'd seen them scoring four goals every week. So obviously it was a bit of fear, I think, from um, Shrewsbury Town and the way we set out so yeah the, the team was Littweiler in goal and then we had Riley and Sadler as the right and left backs um, in central defence we had Nasala returning El Habd and, uh, and Sadler and then midfield it was Dodds Yates Deegan um, and then Robertson Lapada up front so it, it's hard to tell isn't it depending on how we set out for me it looked like it was, you know, it was a 5-3-2 but it could have been easily a 3-3-1-2 as you put on the on the agenda here or a 3-5-2 you know, I'd say it was slightly more attacking those formations than we actually ended up playing. But yeah, it was interesting to to get a recall for Elab in the first place, um, considering how well liked he is. Obviously, Dodds got back in the team following his goal at Port Vale, which probably fair enough, I guess. Um, and that tactic maybe suited him in the number ten role, which we've we've seen him play a few times. And then Lapado came back in, which we were asking for at the end of the podcast last week when we only so that was interesting to yeah. see. And then yeah, Yates for Morris, which is probably for me was maybe the strangest one because Morris had been man of the match in the last couple of games, and I gave him man of the match last week. Whether he's it fit, uh, sorry, not injured, but maybe just lacking a little bit of fitness because he's getting back into the game. Maybe that was part of it. I don't know what you'd heard. Maybe you'd heard her something, but for Yates to come back in for Morris, that was probably the one I was the most surprised by. Yeah, I was very, definitely much surprised by uh, by Morris being dropped. Um, I think the the matching up um, and based on the first half performance, matching their formation worked. Yeah. Um, I think that worked really well, and obviously we had to have. I, think, I don't think it was too bad an idea to add a few extra central defenders on to try no. and combat their um, attacking tent and I guess also on a, in a positive light playing this formation um, does allow Dodds to play in a more natural role mm. um, so yeah having the two strikers everyone wanted and keeping um, your uh, Dodds in the side um, it's not too it's not I wouldn't say it was a negative move as such I thought it was a, um, a more of a streetwise kind of formation decision I, I completely agree with you and my, my first bullet point on the agenda about talking about the tactics is I put tactically at nil-nil the setup worked well you, you're completely right it did frustrate Bolton they had a lot more of the ball didn't we but we battled hard and we, we did our chasing back and we 
made some tackles when they needed to be made, and we tried to break. It was pretty tough for us, to be honest with you, as we were sitting so deep. It, for me, it was a, you know it was the wing backs who were supposed to be wing backs. They were sitting back very deep, especially in the first half as we got to grips with them. But in terms of trying to get a point out of Bolton, which would have been creditable in the first half, it worked. For me, I think that, that the tactics and maybe there's more to sort of point your finger at after they went one and two nil ahead, and we'll, we'll come to that later on in the game. But uh, you know, I couldn't couldn't as much as I don't really like seeing that tactic, and especially some of the, the performances we saw under Mellon playing that way. Um, and I enjoyed watching the 4-4-2 with attacking wingers. I can understand maybe against a team like Bolton how it made sense. And the first half proved that it probably did make sense. But yeah, maybe we should have uh, maybe should have looked to change it later on in the game. But yeah, we'll, we'll go on to that anyway. What, what did you think anyway about the tactics? Is there any more about that? No, no. I thought yeah, I thought it, I thought it worked pretty well. Um, and I think um, when we go on to talk about the first half, um, I think that kind of was yeah mm. the proof of that. And um, yeah, I, I don't think the tactics had a big sway on this game. No. No, I think that's fair enough. One thing I would just say about it is a lot of people were saying that maybe one of the changes was as a way of trying to get Dodds back in the team. Um, I know we're going to talk about the game in general, but do you think even then, if you were changing your tactics around, regardless of whether we were doing it to match Bolton up and, and be a bit more defensive, even even looking at the way Dodds played on Saturday, I'm not sure whether it was it would be worth doing it because he, he was a little bit anonymous again, wasn't he? Yeah, I don't think Dodds is... Dodds is one of our well, best, better players. Not mm. the best players, but one of our better players. But I don't think he's so good that you change no. your whole team around him. You know, if he was, uh, you know, if we had, you know, if, this is just take a, an MK Dons analogy. If we were MK Dons and had a young Deli Alley on the side, you might go, yeah, let's change our whole formation because mm. he's such a standout player. But I don't think Dodds is that stand out to kind of change your whole no. formation. Um, no. So no, I agree with you on that point. It's a so, good point now. Yeah, I just can't see a st- I can't see a sticking with what we did on Saturday. I think it might no, just be a one-off. No, no, I don't no. think we're going to suddenly... Yeah, we're not going to suddenly change it just to fit Dodds in. I think he'll no. have to get used to battling for one of the wing, wing positions and, and see if he can force his way in that way. So, Or we play 4-4-1-1, which yeah. was fairly successful at the start. But yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Uh, so do you want to go into the game then, Ollie, and, and just give us some of the thoughts about the first half? Yeah, so the first half for me was um, was was pretty positive. Uh, I was we'll come on to kind of talking a bit more about Bolton later on, mm. uh, but I was surprised by them. Let's leave that for there. <laughs> um, I think in terms of um, the first kind of like 30, 40 minutes, I thought we dominated possession, we passed the ball pretty well, um, and we had some really good chances as well. So um, first chance we had it was a really nice bit of skill by Roberts um, in the box, which um, dinked in a little cross um, for Morris on 11 minutes, where a better header um, would have been a goal. Yep. Sorry, not for Morris, that was for Yates. Yep. Sorry, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'll be honest here. I thought that um, Yates started the game, uh, Morris started the game. I didn't realise they looked so alike. <laughs> I didn't actually know this, the other one was playing. So um, that's why I've put that there because I copied it. I wrote it on my phone um, oh, well. after 11 minutes. There you go. So, Behind the scenes, all, exactly. you know, mistakes, with the, uh, mistakes with the agenda. Obviously, anyone that's listening, obviously, we're just, you know, autonomous reading what's on the screen, aren't we? That's not even good, <laughs> but there we go. There we, there we you go, got yeah. it wrong, Ollie. We, we, you've addressed it. it move on. <laughs> Um, and then um, I thought the best chance um, for us in the first half was Dodd's um, effort where he had the keeper stretching um, which I thought was a really nice effort after 13 minutes Um, and then Riley Riley had his chance so overall in the first half I thought the tactics worked well um, and we were definitely the more positive side Mm. um, dominating the game and created the most chances and you know Going into the game, um, you know that first half was um, was very encouraging. Uh, what yeah. was your view on that first I, half? I I, I I mean I was encouraged by it. I, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say we dominated the game and had the better chances because Bolton also had some good chances and I think that they were they were you know let's we can talk about Did Bolton and, and the bad yeah I don't, I don't, maybe they didn't have as many 
clear-cut chances. But when you were just talking about those two chances there, I'd kind of forgotten those. Because the only real chance I remember the first half was one where it came across to Brown at the back post. And he had a good chance yeah. to sort of settle and, and put it in. But yeah, so chances are one thing. I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the statistics. I'd be surprised to see if we had more of the ball in the first half. But that doesn't obviously mean everything. I, I thought it was a, I thought it was more maybe of a more even half than you probably think, to be honest with you. I think we matched them, which, which I would have been pleased with considering where they are in the league and where we are in the league. So... I was encouraged by it that we'd kept them to nil nil. I wasn't. I wasn't thinking that we deserved to be one nil up at half time, which I have done in a few other games. So, you know, we're not supposed to agree on everything. I thought it was just a, a decent showing against a decent team. Um, and then they were good. You know, they had some good ball players. I think who who maybe didn't play up to their best in the first half um, and were more concentrative on the sort of what should we call it the dark arts, <laughs> as yeah. we might come to in a bit. But um, yeah, you know, you couldn't complain at, at half time in with nil nil, could you? To be honest with you. Um, I I disagree with you there. I, th- really? I thought I thought, okay. I, I thought I can't. I just looking at the stats. They had three shots in target in the whole game, um, and one of them was a long range effort from uh. um, that that big lad in centre midfield, um, which was really tame effort. And then the two of the chances they had were goals in the second half. <laughs> Says a lot. I can't, yeah, they didn't have anything. They, they were they were a very unusual side. Um, let's put it that way. Um, well, but um, yeah, so interesting. We both have yeah. like a different opinion from the from the yeah, first I think, half. I think it's because in the first half as well, and particularly in the second, there's a lot of times where we sort of slung the ball forward and. Robert's got, you know, he did some good things like you just mentioned a minute ago, but also he got dominated by his centre back for pretty much all of the first half, other than when it was down on the deck. And we, we, it was frustrating for me that we could have played better. We could have got it on the floor a little bit more at times. It was, it was a little bit of a rush to get it forward sometimes and, and try and, you know, get Lapado to get the flick on. And he didn't really get much change out of his centre back in the first half. So I, I kind of understand what you mean that, that we make, create some good chances. And you might have thought if we'd have took one of them, we could have been one nil up. But yeah, there we go. I, 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 you know, I was quite happy at halftime, and, and I'm sure you were by the sounds of it. So, um, yeah, that, that was that, I guess. Um, I'd be but, interesting, sorry, maybe if a few people post in what their thoughts were in the first half, because if we both got a different opinion, it'd be interesting to see what other people thought about. So, yeah, please send us your messages in. Yeah, I, 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 I only go with, I mean, you probably go and sort of talk to the people around you at halftime as well, and the vibe was fairly similar, probably somewhere between both of us, do you know what I mean? Whereas. Yeah, just it was good, and we weren't, no one was too upset, and you know they got clapped off, and everyone sort of stood up and applauded them off, didn't they? Which was good. The crowd yeah. got behind that performance. I'm not, I'm not saying it was a, a bad performance in any respect, Ollie. I'm just saying I think that Nilner was probably a fair reflection of it, in all honesty. So there we go. Um, but that was it. One of the things I noticed in the first half, Ollie, getting off the game, is why on earth were Bolton fans chanting ten, the ten German bombers chant? You, because they were um, reacting to the um, the media response to people in Germany who think it's smart idea to talk about the Second World War and hmm. I'd uh, let's, well, let's not go into that. But why but, do uh, it at Shrewsbury against another League One team? It doesn't make any bloody I don't sense. Know, I don't know. There must just be England, um, must be some a few England meatheads that yeah. went over the game and started chanting silly chants. Very um, weird. Yeah, so obviously they were just thought it was funny to um, hmm. repeat it. I guess that was that was my interp- that was my interpretation of it anyway. Yeah, it was, it was just very it was just one of those weird things when you look across and you hear a chant, you think, "What is what's going on here?" As well, there you go. Yeah, and the other thing is, we should also mention how um, we had the minute silence, didn't we, for the, the sort of terrorist attack in um, Westminster, wasn't it, and all that sort of thing before the game, which was yeah. great and well observed by everyone in the ground again. So I do, th- you know, we've said this quite a couple of times this season, but we do do our uh, appreciation or you know moments of what's the word? I don't know. Um, Mem- memory of respect. things pretty well it's usually yeah respect that's it memory respect sort of thing we do that very well at the football club so again commending everyone for that sort of thing as well as a, as a bunch of fans I thought that was brilliant cool so second half um, I guess it's probably just worth well it only took six minutes um, and yeah do you want to um, 
give those guys who weren't at the game Ugh. an insight into the goal? Do we have to? This is another one that opens <laughs> up the wider can of worms again, doesn't it? You know, yeah. one one set of it's about fifty percent of the fans wanted to come out and claim things like that, and then the other fifty percent don't because this is what happens when he does. So um, yeah, it was a it was a long throw, wasn't it? And we, yeah. me and my mates had been talking about the, the sort of game and saying that that long the long guy who had the long throw, he got injured later on and went off, so that was quite a bonus for us. But um, Bolton had a guy who had a, had a long throw and he just tossed it into the box. And it was on about it was on about the edge of the six yard box, really, wasn't it? It was quite a yeah. way away from the goal. Um, and Beavers went up to flick it on into the centre of the box and get another Bolton player to maybe knock it in. I don't think he was probably shooting, to be honest with you, as a as a, as a flick header. And for some reason, Lutweiler came madly out. And if you look at the look at the replay, by the time um, Beavers actually wins the header, and I think he's up against Toto, um, Lutweiler is still about a metre away from the ball. He's nowhere near it. And it's a bad mistake, to be honest with you. He shouldn't, you know, as much as I've wanted to come out and claim certain things, that's probably a little bit too far in that situation. Um, and yeah, and obviously the ball sailed over a little while then, and there was no one on the line, which was a bit of an interesting one. Um, and it just plopped into the back of the net, 1-0. And it was just a real frustrating goal to give away, you know, after what you were talking about the first half and thinking we matched them. To just toss it away so quickly, it just really deflated the place, didn't it, straight away? Yeah, it did. There's been quite obviously a few scenes I've been involved as well in kind of like the online discussions about <laughs> Lutweiler and... Like yeah, I wanted to come out and take the ball, but don't come out ten minutes late. Well, ten minutes late, but don't come off the line when the ball's in the middle of the air. You've got yeah. no chance of getting it. Um, and your biggest centre half, Toto's going for the ball as well, giving the chance to try and win the ball. So it was just a late response from Luke Viler and I got before this season. I've been kind of last season. He was he was really solid, and you know in the, all the seasons he's been here, I think he's you know his mistakes are outweighed by his performances. But for me now, he's gone the other way. He's just too many mistakes, um, and I don't I don't really see why everyone's having this debate about should Halstead go in goal? Well, no. no, clearly not. He's not that good. But for me, if if we're in League One next year, I think we need to get a better goalkeeper. Um, yeah, I, th- I think he just think... makes too many mistakes. He makes some fantastic saves, which I think other goalkeepers would make as well. Um, but his distribution and his just mistakes, just hot-headed mistakes, are just not good enough for League One. I think so. That's my that's my also I'll say on that. I mean, that's fair enough. It's just your viewpoint as well. I think that, you know, there's a lot of people that will probably be starting to to agree with you now. And um, I I like consistency in players, and I don't you know I still think he's as you say he's always won us more points than he's lost us. And and at the moment in time, making mistakes when you're in a relegation battle, the focus is more heavily on him for making those mistakes as well. But in all seriousness, the second goal was a huge mistake by a player, and and he'd probably be off in the summer as well. So you don't know but we're talking about a goalkeeper that's now an international for Canada you know not one of the most brilliant nations in the world but he has got a a pedigree about him and you know he went through that record where he kept the most clean sheets in league two that season and if we end up getting relegated actually I'd be the opposite Ollie I definitely wouldn't get rid of him I would certainly keep him in league two so it's a bit of a yeah he's he's a league two goalkeeper yeah he's a good league two goalkeeper um I just think um yeah as I said um he, he ain't he ain't good enough for league one Mm. We'll have to see, aren't we? Because there was always yep. all those rumours about the goal, Gillingham goal, uh, Gillingham, the Grimsby goalkeeper that Hurst might have been after, and it never quite came through, wasn't it? I think it was a guy on loan from Man United or something like that. So maybe it is one of the positions Hurst is going to be looking at. But it's nothing you can really. There's probably no point in even talking about it because we don't know what league we're going to be in, and that'll have a huge dependency on what kind of player we're going to be able to bring in, and if it's even worth moving on from Lutweiler. But I, I you know, I, I think I'm more. I, I still like Lutweiler as a goalkeeper. There's absolutely no chance that he should be dropped um, because he was just taking a huge risk trying to get Halstead back into a team with eight, not seven games to go in the league there's just no there's no point in trying to unsettle the back line even more so no. I just would keep that consistent selection to be honest with you but it was just a shame that he's thrown another wobbler and, and done that again hasn't it and yeah there we go his kicking was slightly better though so <laughs> give him some credit yeah. there um, but um, there we go so uh, that was obviously that and then 
pretty similar to Port Vale, wasn't it, Ollie? In that we just, as soon as we let the first in, we let our heads drop a little bit too far and they got another pretty much straight away. You know, it was probably within five minutes. It was probably a bit longer than Vale, wasn't it? I think Vale was like two or three minutes. But to, to have let two goals in back-to-back so quickly in consecutive games is also a bit of a, a concerning uh, turn-up, isn't it? Yeah, we're under the cosh a bit um, here. And uh, yeah, it was in the 66th minute um, that um, Lafondre, um got his goal and it was a nice finish, but... Yeah, your man, one of your um, one of your favourite players, El Hab, mm. just made a pig's ear of I don't even know what he's trying to do. Pig's ear of controlling the ball is that fair? Well, yeah, most accurate way of describing it. So, the ball, if you look at it, the ball came to Molly, and it, all he wanted to do was just take a touch before he cleared it. The guy wasn't that close to him, and if you look at it, it hits his foot, and his foot's in such a stupid angle, the ball bounces up like directly about forty-five degrees up, and then just like angles away from him, like it's awful touch. And then, unfortunately for him, it hit the player who was chasing him down on his head, and then it, the guy was in. He obviously way more pace than um, Elabd. He'd been booked in the first half, hadn't he, Elabd, for um, getting ran out with pace. As yeah, usual. so he was already on a booking. Best striker was really too fast for him. Yeah, couldn't afford to make another tackle. They were in. Um, and then he just slid rule the ball, slid slowed rule the ball across the uh, six yard box again, pretty much. And again, similar to Vale, Toto tried to sort of get to it. He tried to change angles, and and he was obviously running towards goal. The ball was cut behind him, and he hadn't got the agility to be able to stick his other leg out at it. He ended up on the ended up on his ass, and then it just came to La, um La at the back post, and he was never going to miss. He always scores against us, and it doesn't matter who we've played him. You know, whether it's been for the small teams, you know, ten years ago when he first started playing. But it was a pretty emphatic finish, wasn't it? Hammered into the top corner, and um, look, while he was never going to save that one to be honest with you but it was just more of the, the calamity beforehand really wasn't it yeah it was just it was just uh, yeah from that <laughs> moment on and I I actually I let everyone just leave the ground and going into the game we never expected to win did we let's no. be honest but I thought the first half was such a good spirit in display and it's just this whole game just kind of summarised our our season in one wasn't it you know conceded from a set play sloppy second goal um, two kind of like the if you had to classify our goals, they're the two of the goals that kind of goals that we've conceded all season yep. and not taking our chances. In the second yep. half, strikers were shooting and blasting it over and just making poor decisions again. And yeah, it was just I felt I felt um, leaving the 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 the, um, the ground. I was thinking, oh, clearly the guy got to do another podcast talking about set piece conceded yeah. and sloppy goals again. It's just um, it's getting a bit tiring now and. Um, yeah, I'm I'm getting quite worried. Mm, I, I think most people were very worried at the end, weren't they? And we'll, we'll get to that. as a few other bits to talk about. But yeah. just what we're talking about, you know, Alab making the mistake. What were you? What was your overall opinion of his performance? Because, you know, again in the first half he didn't make too many errors, and and he, he looked solid enough considering they were quite a physical team. But as the, I think as the game went on, and particularly after he made the mistake, he got worse and worse, and he retreated back into his worst habits of playing the ball back to the goalkeeper, slowing the play down, and, and towards the very end, he was getting hugely booed by the home crowd. Did you see that right near the end when he played a couple of back passes back to Lutwider? People were just raging. People were like properly booing him, and and it's not the first time we've talked about that happening, and, and that's the thing. He's he's not going to turn anyone around by making these mistakes that lose us games, essentially. So, um, yeah, it I don't think it was. Was it really worth putting? Was it really worth bringing him back just to just to play five at the back? You know, I don't know. It's it's a tough call, isn't it? And Paul Hurst, the football manager, is paid to do that. But for me, it hasn't really raised his stock at any level whatsoever at football club, has it? No, I guess. Well, Paul Hurst in his pre-match was saying that he thought a draw would be a good result. Um, he's you know you got you got you got to you got to play the players you have. Um, 
you know, Toto's distribution was quite poor at times until he did that wonderful through ball, which was just <laughs> unbelievable yeah. pass. He did a fantastic through ball to one of the guys, but then, yeah, his passing was quite poor. Um, El Habib, he fought, didn't he? He battled. He won a few challenges. It was a bit of a... Um, it was a bit of a battle in terms of um, their 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 long yeah. ball tactics. Um, so yeah, I, I just don't, I just don't think that some of the players we sign are just good enough, are they? That's why we are where we are. We got players that keep making mistakes and they're not good enough, and that's why we're struggling. And I think he's just another one of those players that just ain't good enough. Yeah, Talk, talking to players that always get booked. <laughs> um, what do you think of Deegan in the second half? Because we should just say in the first Ooh. half, Deegan got booked for a pretty rash challenge in the in the first half, which was fair enough. It was a legitimate booking. Yeah. Everything and was complaining. And a lot of people complain about the referee because of the, some of the histrionics from Bolton. And to be fair to the referee, I had to deal with a lot of uh, crap from Bolton, to be honest with you, because they were they were giving the ref all the sort of book him, book him, book him. And in all honesty, I think it backfired on Bolton because Deegan made a challenge in the second half where it was right in front of the dugouts and it looked like a stone-cold booking, didn't it? Do you know what I mean? It was it, sh- it should have been another booking and a red card. And actually, the referee never sent him off. And I think it was maybe as part of it, it was in his mind to think that he's going to look like he's been making decisions because bottom players have been asking for it all the time. So maybe if they hadn't done that, they might have, man got, might have got sent off anyway. But look to all the world like he probably should have got sent off there, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It's probably a good time to maybe talk about Bolton here. Um, I thought Deegan was um, lucky not to get sent off yeah. um, and that wouldn't have helped um, our um, yeah, uh, relegation chances if he had got sent off. So uh, lucky there. Um, I think well, that was maybe the ref doing us a favour because let's mm. be honest, he was um, he was played he was absolutely played all game. Um, so maybe it's worth us going on to Bolton now. I, I made yeah. a little list, didn't I, of um, about you seem, Bolton. You seem pretty annoyed by Bolton from having sort of been reading some of your bits and pieces during the game I've and afterwards. Got to be careful. There. I've got yeah. to be careful at work because this guy who's who I who <laughs> I, I know quite well, um, he's the same level as my boss and is quite an influential guy. So I'm going to have to be careful <laughs> with what I say. It's not a sackable to offence to mock Bolton, is it? <laughs> no, but I'm, I was furious. I, I, I nearly wrote in one text. I just deleted it and put my phone in my pocket. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, I just did like, they were diving, they were fouling. They were like, some of the times like, um, Lapo's probably got some, um, probably thinks he was in a boxing match last night because he's got probably got marks around his face. Not there were, at one point they were, um, you know, had their arms and leg uh, arms around his neck. Um, they were moaning all the time. There was one point in the second half where um, our, where Riley kicked the ball against their their wing back. It hit his foot, went out straight away, and he put his hand up to claim for a throw. They like, claimed for everything, didn't they? Yeah, they just claimed for everything. They were cheating all the time. That number six needs a good slap in their central midfield. How he didn't get booked for... He was shouting and bawling at the ref. God knows what language he was using. But waving his arms. How he didn't get booked um, for for reacting to the ref, I have no idea. Um, I re- genuinely think that the, um, the referee... Um, was just was just completely sucked in by them. Um, before mm. we talk about their football tactics, what was your view on that? Do you think that was pretty fair? You know, was that, they, I, did they annoy you as well? I think I think having had two pints of cider before the start of the game for the first time <laughs> this season probably probably uh, buffeted me down a little bit from it because I was a bit chilled out in the first half. It was quite summertime cidery <laughs> feel to the whole thing. So I don't remember getting too agitated during the game about it. But looking back and, and having seen what a few other people were talking about, it, it clearly rankled a lot of town fans. And I remember specifically during the first half where we actually got a free kick and there was a huge raucous a round of applause you know like the ironic cheers for yep. uh, thanks ref we've actually given us something but, but then I come back to on the flip side he never made he never made any decisions the referee that actually cost us in the game did he you know there was a couple of dodgy free kicks but they didn't do anything with them he could have sent Deegan off so he did us a favour there so actually as much as he got done by the referee and he kept giving lots of niggly fouls and, and being maybe favouring Bolton a little bit 
it did. I don't think compared to some referees we've had this season, Ollie. I thought actually, if we'd have had some of the crap referees we had earlier this season, we would have had two off, and we would have probably yeah. got given a few penalties against us. So, considering the pressure he was under from Bolton and the histrionics that they were doing, I thought actually he didn't do too bad the referee. But I, I would agree. Look, looking back now and thinking about it, Bolton were a bit of a. But I, I kind of it's it's annoying, right? If in that situation you want to see your team do it, but it's getting them results, frankly, and. You know their manager can live and die, and, and we can mock them as an opposition set of fans. But essentially, they're probably going to get promoted by achieving it through, through these means. And for a team like Bolton, they must be desperate to get this division. It's sort of any means necessary, any means necessary, isn't it? Yeah, I'd, I'd go as far to say Bolton played anti-football. Oh, um, but really, no, seriously, if, if, if every team in the league played like Bolton, I would stop watching football. <laughs> um, I, no, I really genuinely mean it. It was it was horrible. There was no football played at all. It was just. Basically, they played rugby. It was kick the ball long, try and make yardage. When we got yardage, dive for free kick. So they were trying to play to their strengths of the height because they were mm. absolute units. Um, they had played no football at all. They were cheating, moaning. And the, while I agree with you, the referee could have been worse, but he made a rod from his own back by allowing the... You know, it took the, the referee, I think it was like 70 minutes to to pull the um, the captain aside um, with the number six um, to start telling him to stop whinging. Um, so I think the referee kind of made made, it, made his own bed. Yeah. Um, and I, on, I, it really wound me up and I just, I just hate, maybe, maybe I'm too nice, maybe I, I expect too much, but maybe I expect players to play with integrity and mm. I quite like how Hurst comes out and you know, he expects his players to play with a bit of honesty. Um, if Yeah, I, I did not enjoy um, what they saw and I actually just, just kind of just finish the most my kind of this point. Um, I text uh, my mate after the game and I said, well, we were poor today. Um, I said, I oh, was surprised by Bolton and not a nice team to watch. Um, and I said, I can't see that star working in the championship. And he, um, the, my, my friend um, said he completely agreed. Um, we're far from our best. Um, it's a huge step up and we'll straight go back, back down if they don't change personnel. So I think he that's, expects some big changes. That's really interesting because we, we, uh, after the match, I actually went out last night, hence the reason why I've got a bit of a croaky voice today. But um, uh, I was out with some of, the, some of the town lads and we were comparing it to when we played Wigan near the end of se- last season and they were obviously yeah. on their promotion season and they beat us, I think they beat us 4-0. I think that's yeah, true. Yeah, they were immense. And Wigan, Wigan were really good and look at Wigan this season. They've been relegated pretty much with a whimper. So Bolton are nowhere near as good as Wim- Wigan have been you know, at last season against us. So I, you know, if they're going to play like that and they're not even to the, to the sort of style of Wigan's and the other teams who went on last season, I can't see them staying in the championship without... A, just buying a whole load of new players, but they don't really have the money for that. Or B, you know, maybe changing their style. But once you get playing in that style with the type of players they've got and some of those players will be on good money, it's going to be really difficult for them to change it, isn't it? So, yeah, there you go. Maybe they'll just have to kick and kick lumps out of all the championship teams next season and hope that works for them. But it, it didn't, it, it worked for them on Saturday. That's the frustrating thing for us as a set of Shrewsbury Town fans, isn't it? And um, we have to learn from that. And hopefully the players learn and just become a little more, more, our players become a bit more savvy. I don't want our players to do anti-football, but I'd like us to just do a bit more of the sort of, I don't know, the the, the nasty stuff. Because we're in a relegation battle. If we're ever going to do that sort of stuff and, and try and influence referees, let's bloody do it now because we're desperate for points. You know, I, I don't want to see us cheat, but I, I just want to see us try and influence things our way like every other team seems to do against us. And we've always been quite a quite a nice club and never really done that sort of thing so maybe that's our our dna and we should be proud of that but you know sometimes i do feel like it costs us no i, I agree with you it's, you've got to you've got to take you know if you're a striker and you're in the box and someone hacks you and you don't go down you don't get a penalty then you've kind of made a mistake there haven't you you know there was yes. a foul and you didn't so yeah in those kind of situations be professional and put a bit of pressure on the ref and make some comments and stuff 
but yeah, we were, we're we are a bit soft in that sense, um, and I think that just comes to the fact that there's a lack of leaders on the pitch um, who really want to win. Um, but that's know, very <laughs> true. Yeah, that, that's another thing that people have been talking about, isn't it? About a lack of leader again on Saturday, and you know, Alabd coming back in as a captain certainly didn't do anything to inspire leadership. Degan was pretty quiet and anonymous during most of the game that's a bit unfair actually I thought he was okay but he didn't he wasn't driving us forward was he as a leader so no. again we're a little bit rudderless in in those respects and um, yeah it, I think that's another thing that's going to change this summer Can hopefully get someone in like a as much as everyone didn't like Liam Lawrence you could tell he was a bit of a leader do you know what I mean and, and even players who've not ever been that good they seem to want to be leaders but um yeah, we're missing a go-go for all of the reasons we are missing his, his leadership skills and the one player we wouldn't want to be injured right now is the only player we've got injured. It's typical, yep. isn't it? It is typical. And there was yeah, there was interesting debate starting on Facebook today about having not having a captain. Um, mm. And there was they've been talking about this. I'm listening. I've been doing a lot of work in the garden um, today. Um, Listen to Good Five work. Live, and <laughs> they had um, Terry Butcher on saying, and also talking about how South um, Gareth Southgate hasn't nominated a you know one England captain. Um, and it was quite interesting. A few ex-pros were saying, well, actually, it's probably not a bad thing. You know, we need more people to take um, responsibility. So in the last, in this international break, out of the squad of, I don't know, what is it, 24, apparently only four of them or four or six of them or something like that haven't spoke to the media, where in the last World Cup and the last European Championships, normally only four people speak at all. Mm. So, and it, what this what I'm leading on to is I think it's, I think you need to have collective leadership and collective responsibility in the team. Mm. Um, and that's one of the things that we've really lacked all season. True enough, but it's difficult to get that collective leadership it is. It, when you've got a bunch of players who are in on loan who, who don't really have that. You know, they might have a connection to the club, but I, I don't know. Deep down, I always feel, I, I personally, I don't know whether this is even true, I just feel like loan players are never going to be the ones that should be driving you on. Like, we've had Jack Grimmer be a, a leader at times, you know, when he was having his good form last season, particularly. But, you know he's he's on loan and it he could be up in in a, in a whimper. He could get injured and be back at Fulham. So I don't know. It's it's the contracted players you want to see step up this season, and that's where we've been lacking. I think it's those players that have not shown the actual collective leadership. You know your core group of players, your your Dodds, Elabd, Deegan. Uh, those those three particularly, I think all three of them could have done a lot more in terms of being the senior pros and, and leading this team. So there we go. It, it's an interesting one on collective yeah. leadership, and maybe it's something that will come into the game a lot more. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it goes, I suppose. Yeah, maybe something to think about when we um, have our yeah. end of season summary. So, um... <laughs> God, that's going to be a fun podcast, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. So. Um... <laughs> So yeah, do you want to um, do you want to lead us into your top three, Glenn? Is there anything else really? On yeah, the I was just looking at whether there's anything else in the game as well. Yeah, it was. I think I just was looking at our last few comments. Um, we talked about Deegan and not getting sent off. Um, I thought it was quite interesting that Bolton had three subs, didn't they? Which is all for free injuries. And and before yeah. the game, they'd been talking about having a lot of players who were fifty fifty to start. And I think they probably pushed their luck a little bit with that because um, clearly having three guys go off injured with with injuries as they looked like um, they they had. Well, they all got subbed off for an injury. So. Um, yeah, interesting to see how that affects them going forward, to be honest with you. Um, but the worst thing about that was that one of their injuries was a goalkeeper and they had a sub-goalkeeper on and we literally didn't test him. And he must have been on for about the last 25 minutes. So that was a that was a huge frustration for me that we didn't at least give him something to do because he could have been rubbish raw, you know. So there we go. The other thing about Deegan getting sent off as well, I don't know what you thought about that, is the thing the, the thing that helped us the no, most... He didn't get sent off though, did he? He'd... Sorry, yeah, not getting sent <laughs> off was... Um, the, that would have been awful for us if he had got sent off because we were, we were pretty, we 2-0 down when it happened so that game was gone basically we wouldn't have got back in it but if he'd have got sent off and he'd even given it for a straight red so it would have been one or three games depending on what he got given it for can you imagine having to go one or three games at this moment in time with Yates and, and um, 
on Morris as our two central midfielders. That'd be a, that would have been a real big problem to us. It wouldn't have been the Bolton game. It would have been going forward. So to me, that was the, the thing about Deegan not getting sent off that I thought was the luckiest thing because at least he'd be able to play at Bristol Rovers, which is a huge game now. Um, yeah, Roberts wasted a good chance near the end as well. Um, and then, yeah, all I was going to really talk about was... Um, at the end, just a negative feeling, wasn't it? It was, it was back a little bit to the to the sort of negative feelings under Mellon. And the last thing I was going to say is, as much as we talked about tactics right at the start of the podcast, Ollie, and and saying that the five worked, did you feel like, especially at two 0 maybe even at one 0 I would have I would have changed things at one 0 Did you feel like we should have sacrificed the centre back and pushed? Because I don't know, losing two 0 or three 0 or four 0 I can understand why it maybe would affect their confidence, but you've got to try and show the fans that we we're still going, we're still fighting, we're still trying to stay up. We're not trying to concede you know that we're 2-0 down and we're just trying to keep another couple of goals out because to me that was considering the problems we're in and the position we're in that, that was a frustration for me and I can't you can't really say anything other than if it was Mellon and it was Mellon early in the season we were complaining on this podcast about him doing things like that so I do feel like that's one where Hurst's got to take it on the chin and maybe understand that we do want to see us trying to attack more when we're in troublesome positions yeah, I can see where you're coming from. You know, in terms of obviously he didn't make the change to the back three. I thought bringing um, Wally on for Yates, um, basically kind of leaving Deegan on his own in central field and pushing forward. I, th- I thought that that was obviously I thought that was an attacking move, um, but it didn't really warrant uh, much. But again, <laughs> we prob- we were at times you know critical of Mellon, but also until we were, we were defensive of Mellon. I think if you know if you got players that don't take chances. Um, or don't pass the ball, or you know, pass the ball to the opposition. It doesn't really matter what formation you play. No, no. It's just that we made three subs, and only one of them was a tactical change. The other yeah. two were like for like. And I just, I just, I can't ever understand watching a team in the last five minutes of the game when you're two 0 down with three centre backs and you, your wing backs not really getting forward even then. So that just for me always feels a little bit like a bit of a, a kick in the teeth, really. But yeah. there we go. That was that. Yeah, and it was, and it was the end. Everyone got a bit moody on the way out, and there was a lot of moaning, and basically everyone was checking the other scores on their phones, weren't they, Ollie? So um, yeah. <laughs> That was that. Um, so, yeah, you wanted to go over the top three now, don't you? So, I'll throw it back to you first. You can do your top three first. And I'll yeah, so, I went for, for Riley first. I struggled this week again. It was not a week that was um, that yeah. brought out lots of yeah thoughts on, on top players. So, I went Riley first. Then second, I thought Yates. I thought he actually had a good game. I thought it was the best game he's had for Shrewsbury. I thought it was pretty decent. You know, some decent distribution and put his foot um, in, in on a few challenges. Um, and then I went for Sadler because, to be honest, I couldn't think of who else to put. Because um, mm. uh, I don't think you know Rootweiler didn't do anything impressive, and there's yeah, not a lot to see. Um, so I don't think anyone really kind of came out of that game and with a head no. held high. Yourself, no, I think it's interesting how we're quite different this week, and and I think yeah. that points to the fact that no one really stood out. Um, and you could really argue for anyone. It's interesting. You you went for the guy, the the two guys that got the man of the match awards. One of them was Riley, who you picked. Um, who I didn't even put in my top three. I thought he was bang average, to be honest with you. Um, he wasted a lot of good chances to swing balls into the box and, and just ended up putting them out of play or going straight to the keeper. So playing a wing-back role, if you're going to be looking to be the one that put the cross in, I thought it was a bit criminal, to be honest with you. So yeah. there's, there's things you could say that he did well, there's things you could say he did bad, but everyone was sort of like that, so you could have a random top three. The other yes. person... Sorry, can I just make a comment on that? Sorry, I had a discussion with a guy a couple of seats down from me. It, what's the point of putting the ball in the box to three lads who are six well, foot four? True. <laughs> Very true, but we did try it a lot for some god god knows reason. So there we go. And then the other person that got the one of the sponsors man of the match was Roberts, who neither of us put in our top three. And again, I was I was totally surprised by that because I thought he was pretty ineffective in general. So um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? How people view games differently, but that's why we do this every week so that we kind of take a nice straw poll across the season as to who generally we think has been man of the match. For me, I had your third place person in in first place, Sadler. I thought of all the defenders, he he again was 
continued the good form since Christmas and was solid and didn't make any horrendous errors like Toto and um, and uh, Alab did and was one of the ones that kind of did well against the more physical players that Bolton had and yeah thought he was thought he was pretty good. So I gave him man of the match. I gave Brown um, second place again for a similar reasons. P- pretty good. They 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 didn't really break us down and he did probably provide a little bit more going forward than say I thought Riley did and he didn't. It, just hammer as many balls into the box. He tried to actually work it in there, didn't he? And try and try and work it into the central midfielders, and then just take a step back and make sure his defensive duties were covered. So, I, I thought he had a reasonable game. And then I gave it to Deegan for similar reasons. You gave it to Yates probably, in that he, he was just solid enough in central midfield and kept going. Could have could have got sent off. It was a bit foolish, but I thought you know he did did have a reasonable game. But you know you could throw a, you could throw a hat all over all six of those players we've just picked. You know, and there wasn't much between any of them, was there? No, not at all. No. There we go. Well, what about your three-word match reports, Ollie? I've seen you got around to doing it this week, so some interesting ones back from that. Yeah, um, I had um, Callum saying two defensive mistakes, which yeah was kind of summary of the game. Um, Roger Groves must try harder. Um, Dave Mateus was chuffed we got some chips, um, so yeah. he was very pleased about that. Um, a guy called Jonathan was saying expected a home defeat, and Adrian was saying not as bad as others thought, um, mm. which I think in the context of the game, I think the first half raised my expectations of what we could have got from the game, and I think that's why I'm disappointed. But I think also added to that, looking at the league table, is pretty, yep. um, pretty, uh, pretty soul destroying. Um, it's not good. I like Dave Matthias's one because uh, I actually snuck some chips into the ground and then I took I a picture. I saw you actually do that and I saw you <laughs> raise them. I raised them and took a picture. And that then was your two siders, isn't it? Two siders, Glenn. Yeah, uh, I, was, I, was, I had a lovely day. I had a lovely day, Ollie. <laughs> um, no, but I thought I was going to... I put a joke on Twitter saying, don't tell Roland I've got some hot chips in the ground because, you know, he's, <laughs> we're anti-chips, aren't we, as a football club? So, yeah, it was, they were nice. Skin on skin on chips, mate. They were £2.50, though. I think we, we'll come to the fan zone in a minute about the prices of the food. But, um, yeah, yeah, there you go. So, I'm, I'm all about getting chips in the ground. Well done, Dave, for spotting that one. So, um, yeah, there we go. Before we move on to looking at the league table a little bit more, what about Paul Hurst? What do you have to say at the end of the game? Um, yeah, I haven't listened to the whole Paul Hurst thing because I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. So um, I was a little bit lazy and I copied and pasted from Lewis um, Cox's um, summary of um, uh, Paul Hurst's comments. And Fair I just enough. kind of put in bold um, at the end, as you can see, Glenn, I put in bold the kind of the two big takeaways. So disappointed um, because I thought, if anything, we were slightly better and looked dangerous. And I, I agree with that. Um, we played a game plan the lads stuck to it and we caused, um, we caused them some problems, which I thought was right as well. Uh, but... They're a weird team, Bolton. They just hoof the ball, play set pieces, and yeah, grind out results. Um, so fair play to them. That's what I want to do. But um, yeah, that that's what Paul had to say. And I just hope that you know there's no hangover from this game. We forget about it and move on to um, Bristol. Um, yeah, I think I think that's fair enough. If we play like we did on Saturday, um, maybe minus some of the more negative factors of the second half, I don't think we'll you know we'll be in the game versus Bristol Rovers, won't we? You know, there's no yeah. doubt about that. They they lost at the weekend, I think. So um, they're obviously not in the best of form at the moment. So yeah, I, I you know I, it, it's hard not to go overboard though, Ollie, as you just said. It's about context, isn't it? As we talked about earlier in the season, we were back in the relegation zone. You a bang average performance when we were you know six points clear of the relegation zone is is okay. You know when we played Coventry was a pretty average performance but we were fine you know we were, we were pretty comfortable at the moment we didn't lose to one of the teams at the bottom of the league so we're right with that now looking at losing 2-0 to Bolton it seems a lot worse because the point is now a gap is only one point back to the relegation zone so that's the context that you've got to take it in and unfortunately looking at it now between now and the end of the season that we're not going to get a big gap between the relegation zone so that context is always going to be there isn't it so yeah Hurst's going to have to be aware of that and how fans are feeling because um, you can't unfortunately not just be able to look at the games in isolation anymore no, no, definitely. So yeah, we're in terms of the, the league table, um, we're just one point. Is it one point ahead now um, of yep. um, of Vale, who've got a couple of games in hand? Um, 
And yeah, and and the goal difference has got dented over the last few weeks. So they're only on minus seventeen goal difference, and we're yeah. on minus fourteen goal difference. So you know we're not talking about a comfortable gap there. That you know if we end up on the same points, we could stay up on goal difference. Yeah, and they've got a game in hand, so they could, they could easily go and win one of their games two or three nil and be ahead of us by two points and with a better goal difference. So um, that's not ideal. Obviously, they played twice since we we were last on, didn't they, Ollie? And they actually beat. Um, they won on Tuesday night, didn't they? I can't remember now. Actually, did they? I think no, Vale veiled, uh, veiled lost to Coventry. That was it. They lost to Coventry, and then yesterday they got a point, didn't they? That was it. Yeah. So they've got at least they've only got one point back on us from potentially getting six points. So that's a positive. So again, for me, they're the team to match. But Swindon won yesterday, and that's brought them right back into it now. So they're only four points behind us. We're still ten points ahead of Chesterfield and, and, and eleven points ahead of Coventry. So again, they're not they're not in it. But I was kind of writing Swindon off the other week, wasn't I? And, and they seem to have brought themselves back into it. So we have got to keep an eye on them as well. Yeah, we've got a. We need, obviously, as we said at the start of the pod, we haven't um, earned any um, any any wins in the last four games, and we nope. really need a, a win really badly. Huge, yeah. Oh well, if it happens on Saturday, that will make things look a bit better. So yes, that was Shrewsbury Bolton. I think we've, we've pretty much covered that. We'll, we'll move on now to a little sort of small section, and we'll we'll go through a bit of the the, the Salop news and talk about the fan zone, and then yeah, we'll move on to predictions, and we'll, we'll leave it there, Ollie. So uh, yep. yeah, we'll move on to Salop news. Low ball in towards Stevens. Stevens turns the defender and scores! What a cracking turn from Ian Stevens! So, Salop news um, for this week. Again, there wasn't too much of it. Um, we're going to just have a quick talk about the, the fan zone, really, because absolute fantastic addition to the match day at Shrewsbury Town, I, I think, and we can have a big chat about that in a minute, Ollie. But I think one of the other things that happened this week, probably just worth talking about, as we've, we've just talked about it, is obviously um, uh, Jason Lutweiler got his, I think it was his second cap for Canada, didn't he? He came on as a second half substitute against um, Scotland and didn't concede. So, just really worth comment on that really just to say it's good to see that we have at least got an, an international at the moment and um it, it's always good for the club's profile isn't it yeah no it is it was nice to see and yeah good for him to get a clean sheet against against scotland um there's a few funny results with their international football loving the fact that the netherlands are still losing all the time because quite a lot of people a lot of salesmen who i talked to who are dutch so that's quite funny uh, yeah, gone, they? yeah they're terrible and also Greece were beating um, Belgium for a lot of games so yeah, yeah right. um, there's a lot of international football's a bit funny at the moment England just seem to be um, yeah just boring their way through um, a lot of victories so no mm. fair play to, to Jason um, nice to play international football and a bit of a nothing game with I think there's only about 10,000 fans at the game uh, yeah it was terrible that wasn't it for a Scottish international I, was, I thought just, it was really bad but, yeah. but can you blame them no not really no, um, <laughs> so bless go. them. Yeah, so uh, so yeah. I thought um, I thought that was um, fair enough from their fans, but um, could be worse. Ian Black could be getting international appearances for Scotland. At least they haven't got that. So <laughs> there we go. Um, th- yeah, so that was that. So that was the internationals uh, uh, this week. We only had yeah. the one. Obviously, I think we had a couple of youth caps as well. But generally, some of the younger lads getting appearances for like I think Northern Ireland and Wales. But um, to the fan zone, Ollie. Uh, Yes, I, I will start with you. What did you make of it? Your first, the first experience of a fan zone at the football club. No, it was good. Um, I had to go to the ground early because um, I wanted to change um, a shirt. I didn't realise that the club actually um, could allow you to change the first shirts because I got the shirt when the badge came out and it was a tight neck, and I realised okay. they could actually change it. So even though it was really late, they did allow me to change it. So when I swapped it, and I got a, I did have an Argentina shirt, but I got the red shirt. It was actually quite nice. So did that. Yeah, nice. Came round. Um, very nice people in the shop so fair play to them um and then i went into the fan zone it took a it took a bit of a while to get a drink but it was ram so that's fair enough um had a nice pint and yeah it was good there was that band i don't know sorry i don't know the name of the band um and different food and yeah i thought it was absolutely excellent fantastic so um you know we often um we are 
fair, I say, but the club might say we're negative in some of the things we're saying about, you know, in toilet seats and things like that. But yeah. full credit to the club for this. Absolutely nothing you can criticise them for, in my opinion. Um, and also, it was great to see um, two um, two girls going around um, for asking for feedback. I'm not sure. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I'm not sure they were dressed as fire a firewoman. Um, <laughs> I did but see fair that. Play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very good. And um, yeah, asking questions and getting feedback. So. No, fair play to the club, and um, yeah, absolutely excellent. Um, I thought. What about you, Glenn? Yeah, you can't disagree with that, can you? I mean, for me, it's the, the nice thing to be able to say about it is if that's the first step towards something permanent, long term for fans at the ground. What a good first step! You know, the next few yeah. steps are going to be quite exciting, aren't they? To see where they take it from. Whether there's obviously as part of the the deal with Aldi and, and the community facilities, whether we can build something adjacent to that and have some buildings that you maybe with some toilets in and bits and pieces like that that you know you can use and maybe some facilities for kids as well because there wasn't too much there for kids yet. But I certainly think that you know as, as a sort of pop up type facility, it's going to be fantastic, especially in the sort of summer months. Um, particularly as the weather was nice on Saturday, it wasn't Ollie, and yeah. and that was just one of the nicest things about it really. So I think that it it to me fans have been asking for a supporters bar or somewhere to congregate for a bloody long time and the, the, what happened on Saturday proves two things it proves the football club one you can organise this sort it out and give the fans something and also for the fans because it was so well supported you can say look this will wash its face look at the, how many people you'll get here on a Saturday look at the money you'll bring into the football club and I'd like to think that between the, the bar and um, and the food place that you know the football club made a little bit of money out of it on Saturday and at least covered their costs and really do we need to be doing any more than that for, for a fan thing pre-match I don't think we do really so no. And obviously, if it's a more permanent thing, you can have it over after the game. Because in all honesty, there was a bunch of us that went up to the fan zone, had a few drinks, watched the football, would have quite happily had another drink afterwards. And I, I'm, I'm God, I'm not, I'm hardly a, a big drinker, but you know, when we have our nights out with a bunch of friends, I'd have happily gone and stayed at the ground yeah. and had another pint as my first one. But obviously, we walked down to the Grove and had a pint at the Grove. So, you know, there's there's that to think about as well in terms of a, of a post-match facility. But yeah, it was lovely. Cider was good, and the real ales my friends had were, were quite nice apparently. So, um, I think there's there's some things they can work on. And I'm sure Jamie will be taking the feedback on board. Um, Jamie Edwards, who's the community support trust guy that's sort of been leading on all of this. Um, I bumped into him as I came in, sort of shook his hand, and he was saying, "What do you think?" And I was like, "Fantastic, mate! Really yeah, good." Says, really good. Like, wait, I'll wait till I get a beer, and then I'll be happy. So, um, I, I, he was talking about how it can be the first step and, and the move on from there. And so, yeah, trying to get the queues down a little bit would be ideal on the, on the bar because that's obviously where you're making your money. But yep. different bands. I believe there's a Robbie Williams tribute act coming soon, Ollie, in the next few weeks. So <laughs> keep an eye out for that one on the yeah. on the stand. <laughs> well, even if they did it, say for example, um, they only did a bar once a month. Obviously, they say four, or two home games a month or whatever. You know, in the, on a Saturday, I mean, mm. if it, one of them was just a fan zone weekend and everyone knew about it, then yeah, people would probably plan things around it. You know, make sure yep. you get to the game early. So I don't think they have to do it every week, but um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, or you or you top and tail the season. It, it, I, yeah. I genuinely don't think it would be worth running that in the middle of November when it's two no, degrees. No, you, no, exactly. No was, one would that was my there. thought early as well, as well. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and I don't think anyone could blame the football club if they haven't got a permanent indoor facility um, by that point through the, the sort of trust and the work they're doing to build the new 3G pitch and all that. Then I wouldn't really think it's worth running that all no. next season. I'd the probably knock it on the end after it. September. Yeah, the weather definitely helped in, t- in terms of it was really sunny. It was a nice. T- I actually caught the sun a bit on um, on Saturday, oh. so so it was good. There you go. Yeah, and the, the other thing that a lot of people feedback was could do with some chairs, couldn't it? Because uh, you know, obviously, not everyone's as young and sprightly as we are, Ollie. And yep. a lot of people like to sit down and have a chat with their pint. Yeah, the average age of the Shrewsbury Town fans, you know, that's just just being honest, isn't it? The average ages. I would like to know actually. It'd be interesting to know two things: one, if they could make money, and what the actual average age is. But the average age of the Shrewsbury Town fan is not in its 20s is it it's probably more like 40 plus yeah they told us at sports parliament meeting maybe a year or two ago now um and i doubt it's changed very much but i think the average age is about 51 yeah so, i was gonna you know, say you know target it at that no problem with that exactly 
So yeah, that was good. Yeah, I was quite impressed. Talking of good things, Ollie. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Yes. Um, <laughs> I actually had uh, Bolton to beat us 2-0 last week, so I've now moved up to 27 points, and Ollie stays on 25 points, which is interesting, Ollie, because it's the first time I've been ahead of you in this competition um, in since po- podcast three, and we're now on podcast 35. So that slow crawl back has finally finally come, and I'm going to nick it right at the end, I think. So um, yeah, oh, what do you feel like about being behind in the competition now, Ollie? I'm really annoyed. I, I um. <laughs> I've had quite yeah I um I quite like the prediction things and you know the Barclays fantasy football I'm on top of all the leagues I'm in um, including oh. a prize league so hopefully I can keep that going that's worth three hundred and something quid um so hopefully I can keep that going but yeah I I put what did I put Glenn in the in the pod what did I, what did I write you went for you said oh I don't think we'll lose no I think no we'll sorry, get what did I write in the, in the agenda last week no no just now in the agenda I've said that Glenn is treacherous oh that's so. not fair that's <laughs> very unfair I'm not treacherous I'm just honest and obvious that we were probably going to lose to Bolton you should should have gone for a loss as well Ollie. Should, I should have done it's your own choice you pick it your is. battles mate I went there for you go. a draw I went for a draw because I was hoping I was being positive and I don't want time to go down but um... <laughs> no, <nor> do I. <laughs> but I want to beat you so there we go so yes I'm ahead now so I've got a position to defend so, so you've got to go first now Bristol Rovers away so I'll go first um a bit like you last week, I, I think this is a game we... C- I, I don't think you said this, but, I, but for me, I d- we cannot lose to Bristol Rovers. I just I can't contemplate us losing to Bristol Rovers because we'll almost certainly be in the relegation zone, I think, then. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go for us to get a creditable... I think it would be creditable because they're not the worst team ever. I'll go for a, a, a 1-1 draw. Uh, um, <laughs> their last three results have been a defeat to Coventry, beat Chesterfield... And losing three 0 to to Berry, um, so mm. they're very inconsistent. But I really, yeah. really want us to win. Me so too. I think I'm going to go for a draw as well. Okay. Uh, what, what, what I don't know. I don't know. That's not going to work, is it? Because I know I'm not going to go for a draw. I'm going to go for Shrewsbury Town two one win. Because if oh. I'm going to beat you, I need to not go be the same as you. So I'm going to go for two one Salat win. Thinking tactically, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Cool. Well, just we should say that we're both thinking we're going to be there next week, aren't we? Yeah, Brad I'm definitely Bristol going. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, we're going to try and make pretty much all the games now because these are the ones you don't want to miss, are they? I always say no. this to my wife now. It's coming to the run in, and you know, especially if the season's drifting into an end, you know, I, I wouldn't mind missing the odd game here. But as it's kind of getting a bit sticky now. I'm quite looking forward to sort of getting to as many games as we can, and and we should also say that we've we've pretty much almost we should we say this almost sorted an ability to do a live podcast record from one of the home games yep. uh, between now and the end of the season. So we're just talking to some of the people at the club about that. So that'll be a nice thing to look forward to as well, Ollie, to sort of round up this season's podcast as well. So yep. um, yes, we're we're doing some good things. What we're going to cover this week, but we're going to leave it to next week now because we've gone on for a bit. Is also talk about that poll that we launched last week, um, looking yep. at um, the all-time town team at the New Meadow. But um, I think we'll leave that till next week now and yep, come back to that. Ollie. Definitely. Good stuff anything else then or should we should we say adieu yeah i think that was it so yeah cheers guys thanks for listening and please yeah please send us your thoughts you know who did you agree with who was who who do you agree with in the first half did you agree with um two siders glenn and we thought <laughs> the first half um wasn't that good or myself i thought we actually played quite well so it'd be interesting to get people's view on that and on the game overall here we good we, we always get some good feedback in the week so it yeah. always makes us have a think about what we're saying whether we're talking nonsense or not so yeah feed it back to us and we shall catch you for episode 36 Jesus, we've almost got to my age. So, um, yeah, episode 36 next week, and uh, we'll see how we did at Bristol. And I'll catch you next week, Ollie. Cheers, guys. Oh!